Hello, Dustin. Hello, Uber. You know that uh, 20 years ago is 2001? That is a long time ago. It's a very long time ago. We were we were young whippersnappers then. We were. Um, so I mentioned this, of course. Why, why the hell would I say that? Um, <laughs> because uh, I decided to give myself a, uh, a fun little long-term assignment for this show. I decided um, I wanted to service a backlog or in uh, blind spots in my film watching, but I didn't. I needed to put some kind of parameter around it because it's like, oh, have you seen the Fringe Connection? Have you seen, you know, the original Annie or whatever? It's like, all right, yeah. there's a lot of stuff you could go back and see. But I think what I've learned from doing this show for ten years is that some stuff I'm just not interested in. And the stuff sure. I try to force myself to watch, I've just been up most of the time. I, I, it's not worth the experience. And I've come to, I've come to believe that certain movies, if you didn't see them at a, you know, at a specific time in your life or kind of naturally, you're yeah. not going to be in the right space to receive them. There's sure. some stuff like the Goonies. I never saw yeah. the Goonies. I'm not going to yeah. see the Goonies. Um, I, so uh, to speak to that, I yeah. saw, I saw the Goonies for the first time, maybe like four or five years ago. Yeah. And I was like, what's the big deal? I don't like it. I saw it on a school. Tr- like I, I started watching on some school trip or something on the, on the bus. Sure. And I stopped watching. And of course the kids two years older than us, Loved it because they were on the tail end of that. But I yeah, had someone yeah. at work one time. This is when I was like 28 and this person was like 31. And they were like, you're like a movie person. You haven't seen the Goonies? And I was like, you're over 30. You yeah. you saw the Goonies yeah. as a child. I didn't. Yeah. And Jesus, Dustin, like we grew, like for, for our age group, you and I are more exposed to Gen X, yeah. you know, childhood films than a lot yeah. of other people our age. Oh yeah, for so, sure. So we have a lot of range as film watchers. And even then yeah. it's like, yeah, I never saw the Goonies. Sorry. But, but like it, a good movie will transcend that. Yeah. I saw the karate kid for the first time a few years ago. I still Freaking haven't seen it. it. Freaking loved it. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, yeah, the, the Goonies is not one that, that catches me. There was one. Um, I just recently came across this episode and episode one Oh three or one Oh four. I reviewed, this was in 2015. I had just seen American Beauty for the first time. Mm. American Beauty is a great film. I've still never seen it. It's great. It's, it's, man, you should check it out. It's, it's structural. It's, 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 oh, wow. Great. Good job. Um, it's, uh, that's how great it is. I'll ruin the show. Um, (laughs) um, anyway, I figured out my Netflix impression. Well, so I thought about, all right. So, uh, I just got your joke. That's funny. It's good. (laughs) Um, so I was like, okay, what if I, what if I start like in the nineties? Like, you know, and I was like, no, there's a lot of movies in the nineties and you can't really identify with them until you had enough awareness of that time. Yeah. I was like, all right, what, what period of time do I think I would, I start to gain awareness of both myself, the world and of movies. So sure. I picked, I was like, you know what? It's 2021. Let's go back 20 years. So I yeah. decided I'm going to go back to 2001. I'm going to make a list of everything I saw, everything I didn't see that I still hear about today mm-hmm. and see the things I missed. Yep. Maybe rewatch some things that I've seen yep. and make a top 10 list each year. Sure. So right now my loose plan is to do is to go back 20 years every year until, uh, you know, again, knock on wood, but I'm going to, I was, I was going to do this for the next 10 years. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing this gotcha. show okay. because if I do that, 
I, we'll, we'll be up to 2011, which is when we started this podcast. There you and go. then the assumption is that anything, you know, yeah, I, you know, worth mentioning covered, has been yeah. mentioned. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or we can, or we, we went back and saw it anyway. So I was like, all right, yep. this will be a fun little, you know, way to sort of guide my streaming and, um, revisit some old classics, look at how I've changed, um, what caused me to like or dislike this film in the first place? Is there, is anything yeah. different? So that's a big, long preamble to why you're going to see a lot of films from 2001 popping up on our show in the coming months. And, uh, but I'm excited because the early 2000s is when I really started getting into movies, watching yeah. everything I could get my hands on. Um, and, uh, even if I didn't watch it in 2001, it, it, this was around the, the era that I started kind of absorbing movies. Yep. So, with that said, I recently went back and revisited um, a film from 2001 called Saving Silverman. I don't want you to see Wayne or JD ever again, Darren. I'm not dropping Wayne and JD. Okay, fine. No more sex. No fun. From the director of Big Daddy. We miss you. We never see you anymore. Comes a story about tough love. Judith proposed to me. Darren's my puppet and I'm his puppet master. Before Judith, our fun level was at an all-time high, 93. But look now. Two good friends. Who's Darren talking to? Those are his new friends. We're not giving up on Darren. Come on, I so that's that's a bit from the trailer of Saving Silverman. How, that is a trailer. How did you <laughs> from the director of Big Daddy? Big Daddy. Big now Daddy. available on DVD. <laughs> bad friends and bad ideas. <laughs> so that is the that's Saving Silverman. So uh <laughs> this film was released in 2001. Um this was uh, directed by Dennis Dugan, who, as you as the trailer said there, uh, previously had most recently directed Big Daddy. Um, before that, Happy Gilmore, and as you can imagine, since this film, lots of Adam Sandler movies, mostly ones that are not good, like um, Don't Mess, You Don't Mess with the Zohan, and Grown Ups, ah. and Grown Ups Two. Dennis Dugan is a frequent collaborator. If if if, if Adam Sandler is releasing a movie that looks really typical. It's probably directed by Dennis Dugan. Mm-hmm. Um, so Saving Silverman is about Darren, played by Jason Biggs. It's 2001. Jason Biggs um, and his friends, Wayne and JD, are played by Steve Zahn and Jack Black. And they are three friends. And um, Darren falls in love or starts a relationship with this woman, this this person named Judith, played by Amanda Pete. And Judith is very controlling and she con- she completely controls his life. Um, it, 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 they have nothing in common. She completely uses him. She cuts him off from her, his friends. And so they get concerned and eventually decide they need to save him. His last name is Silverman. Um, and uh, the film was all about them trying to rescue Darren from this terrible relationship. Um uh up until the point to where they kidnap they kidnap Amanda Pete. Um but that doesn't work. Darren, <laughs> Darren, spoilers, by the way, I'm, I'm going to spoil yeah, this 20 year old sure. film. It's fine. Um, Dar- uh, Darren's still like, I want to wait for her as long as, as, as long as Judas out there, I'm still going to wait. So they, they push her, they, they dig up a dead body. 
They put the dead body in her car. They push it off a fucking cliff into a ravine where it bursts into flames. The news report the next day is local resident Judah Fesbagler has been has found dead in a canyon, whatever. Wow. <laughs> like they re- automatically release her name. They don't even notify next yes. to Ken. They just put yep, it right yep. there on the news. Yep. Um, <laughs> actually, that's a funny gag because they say, they say in unrelated news, a recent grave has been dug up um, of the grave <laughs> of this person, this woman. Um, police have arrested three Cuban nationals. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually their plot falls apart. And um, they have to still, you know, whatever, whatever, who cares? So this film was a one and a half star for me. Um, I used to love this movie. Okay. Mm. I used to own this movie. I would quote it to my friends. We'd quote it to each other. There's a lot of, you know, this is early Jack Black. So there's just a lot of like, dude, what does a mime even look like when it's having sex? It's like, oh, oh, I'm a mime. Just weird stuff (laughs) like that. Like just, I'm going to say it like this. You had to be there. If you watch it these days, you might get a kick out of it. But if sure. you didn't watch it as like a teenager, you might just go, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I was proud to own the, what I thought was the unrated version of this. Turns out it's the R-rated cut. There was no unrated version. Um, but it features, you know, more curse words, more jokes, more nudity. But upon watching it 20 years later, I realized how little the movie makes any sense at all. Um <laughs> Uh, the, the half star is for the second act of the film where the characters actually start to feel human. Um, there's a, a, a childhood, um, love of Darren's that comes back into his life. Played, her name is Sandy. She's played by Amanda Detmer, who I wish had been in more movies and I wish she was still in more movies because she's great. She's the heart of the movie. They actually mm. rekindle this love story and you're like, oh my God, Darren's going to get himself out of this situation by the time Amanda Pete, you, you know, escapes his friends because now he's come, he's fallen back in with Sandy and they're, they're going to dinner and they're really sweet and they're clearly, they clearly have a connection. And then you have Judith back at their house actually opening up about, well, why am I such a controlling person? Judith's a therapist. And then like, you know, um, why haven't you guys gotten anywhere in life? Like what is holding you back? And, and, you know, so the characters actually start to come open a little bit, but it feels genuine and we humanize the antagonist, but, but holy shit, sure enough, the third act is full of nonsense choices, sequences and plot devices that are just terrible. Um, Judith. So, it is it is established that Judith is is controlling because she, she used to love assertive guys and her last assertive boyfriend liked to go to Thailand to kickbox and he died during some match. So she decided no more tough guys. I'm just going to meet nice guys and manipulate them because that's nice and safe and practical. Um, so Wayne is like Steve Zahn's character is like, yeah, you know, but, you know, they sort of try to telegraph that like. He's, but he's like an assertive kind of alpha male kind of dude. And they might be a good match at the end of the movie. When they stop Darren from marrying her, um, it's, it's in the trailer. She runs down the aisle to towards Wayne, grabs a chair, hits him with it and actually starts to make a good choice. She screams at him like, just because I lost Darren doesn't mean I'm stupid enough to hook up with you. And I was like, Oh, cool. You know, but then they do, and so then she punches him in the face, knocks his tooth out. He punches her back in the face, knocks her tooth out, 
they hit each other, they choke each other, and then they start making out and they get married at the end, at, you know, like then the next scene. Wow. So she gets with Wayne. <laughs> um, JD, the Jack Black character, uh, realizes that he is gay and so is Coach, their mentor, played by Arlie Ermey. Okay. They get married and kiss on screen at the end of the film, which would have been kind of progressive um, for 2001 if it weren't played solely for laughs and shock value. Um, The nuns are upset that Sandy is deciding not to pursue her, her vows and become a nun that instead she's going to pursue love with Darren. Like when she leaves, they're just like, damn lost another one. And the other nuns like son of a bitch. Like it's just weird. It's like, why are y'all upset? Like that's, did you just want to hear a nun say bitch? Is that what this joke is? Yep. Um, I haven't heard much about this film. Um, Ever since an airport employee stole my copy of it back in 2007. <laughs> uh, I remember this. So after after I lost my copy, I never replaced it. I hadn't heard a peep about it until I decided to do this um, this, this countdown. Yeah. Uh, it does yeah. not age well. I think um, Amanda Pete has gone back and looked at it and said the film is full of rampant misogyny. Um which is a shame because everyone's good in this. Jason Biggs does what you expect him to do. I like Steve Zahn. Um, even Jack Black is is great in this. Arlie Ermey is great. Amanda Detmer is really great. I think Amanda Pete's the best part of the movie because she's actually, she's having to be not even the straight man, but she has to be smarter than everybody and still, you know, but she's the villain. I mean, yeah. the international title of this film is Evil Woman. <laughs> in other countries like yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to go see evil woman you're right so obviously the film is kind of sexist when you look back on it it's all about sure. how controlling women are <laughs> yeah. unless yep. unless they like you you know yep. I, I so um and so i hate to say it because i put this out on facebook i was like hey i'm gonna check out saving silverman and i got a lot of reactions like saving silverman it's great i was like oh shit guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I disagree. Yeah. Um, like I said, though, I used to love this movie because it it's it it was a it was a time and place where these kind of comedies, the social climate was different. Um, it it was a it was just a fun premise and it just people doing ridiculous stuff. And at that time, I wasn't thinking about structure, motivation, characters, arcs, you know, anything yeah. like that. And I that's why that's what I need satisfied now in order to think of a movie as good or worth revisiting. And so saving Silverman, I watched it. I was like, Oh, I'm going to check this out. I used to love this movie. I didn't think I was going to review it so poorly. And I was just watching that third act. I was like, we're falling on people's cars and smushing the cab while they're inside of them, but they're not hurt. And, but there, there's no consequence, just weird things like that. That's just like, it kind of highlights how movies have changed now where you go back and you're like, now we pay attention to details like that and we either have them have consequences or we just don't do that stuff because audiences start to notice and they can't suspend their disbelief anymore. I gave this one one and a half star. This film was a $22 million budget. The box office was $26 million. That's another thing. I thought, I thought when I was about to make this review, I was like, I'm in the minority because most people love this film. It was successful, made a ton of money. So I went and go, went to look not true. Uh, it was yeah. a flop <laughs> and uh, critically is a flop. It has a 19 on Rotten Tomatoes. Whoa. 
Yeah. I looked back at this film with rose colored glasses for apparently no reason. It's, it's very easy to do that. I mean, it, you're right. Like the social climate was different. We, we were, di- we were super young in 2001 yeah. or whenever you saw it. Yeah. And, um, and, and this was just like what comedies were. Like if you went yeah. to the theaters to see a straight comedy, mm-hmm. this is what it was. It was like slightly absurdist, a lot of like, let's be edgy because now we like we can do things that we can't do on TV. So yeah. we'll like, you know, throw stuff in there and just see what sticks. And uh, and yeah, you're right. A lot of it was was written by men. And it was like, hey, aren't women just jerks all the time? And, you know, it was yeah. like it, it's very it, it is very much like men centric. Yes. Um, and, and that's what these comedies were. And, uh, you know, you think about like Shallow Hal. Which, which for some reason my mind lumps this with that or like it came, later. How also came out in two thousand one. Did it? Okay. Yeah. So I so only know like, this because I'm I have to go watch it soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, or or I think of like and this was probably a few years later. I don't know. Like Grandma's Boy. You remember that movie? <laughs> yeah. Like like these these movies were very much like let's take this weird man child and throw him into a situation. Man children seem to show up in the later two thousands. The earlier two thousands was just like boys being boys and less women got in the way. (laughs) Yeah, true. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Uh, Man, man children was really like Judd Apatow. That was their, that was, that was our way of trying to move away from the previous thing. It was like, okay, yeah, we knew, we know men are immature. So now we're going to make movies about how men are immature. Right. But we're still going to underwrite our female characters. <laughs> right. What, where are we at with because comedies Because we're immature now? as men. Um, <laughs> Correct. With but comedies like, now, it's... Like, a, like theatrical, uh, theatrically released comedies. We don't make straight any. Straight comedies. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, they're all genre yeah. movies We now. don't make any, but if we do, it has to be paired with some kind of genre. It's just, it's just genre movies that have a comedic elements or comedic actor. Like, all the comedic actors are now, like, buddy characters in other kinds of films, in action films, in dramas in emotional yeah. stories. We just don't make comedies very much. I think maybe comedies are relegated to middle budget silliness. Yeah, it's weird. So I just looked at like uh, best comedy movies of 2019 on mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I just decided to skip 2020. Sure. Um, and and it's so weird because like there's a bunch of movies I've not heard of. There's like Booksmart, yeah. um, which is also a drama. Like it's, right. it, it takes itself seriously in that way. Yeah. Um, like blinded by the light. Okay. Well, I guess, but that's kind of like a love letter to Bruce Springsteen. It's not a straight comedy. Right. Um, Once upon a time in Hollywood. Again, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say that's a straight comedy. Yeah. None of these are pitched as comedies. Th- then you have, uh, so then you have this trio here. You have long shot, which was Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Okay. You have Late Night, which was Emma Thompson and Minda Kaling. And then you have Good Boys, which was that Jacob Tremblay movie um, where, you know, it's the whole premise is let's get young boys to do things that are edgy and vulgar. And that's the whole comedy bit. Um, Then you've got Jojo Rabbit. Um, which again I, is a comedy, but I wouldn't say a straight comedy like yeah, it, what that, we're talking that, that's about. That's a political satire. Yeah, you know, like yesterday again. I wouldn't say that. The no. Dead Don't Die. That's a zombie movie. Last Christmas. Well, that's a Christmas movie, so that doesn't count. <laughs> right. Um, Stuber. That's an action movie. Yeah. Um, the Hustle. Well, that's sort of a remake of 
of uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and that, that's sort that's of, not uh, even a comedy. That movie sucked. <laughs> then you have Medea, right? And like, but that's it. Like that. That's all you have now. Yeah, they don't make these kind of movies anymore. Yeah, and and partly it's because it's hard to make them without being at the expense of somebody. As thing, sure. thing, so it used to be at like the expense of women and minority characters, and then we tried to be self self effacing with it, where we made our our protagonists kind of stupid, and then it can it turned into like people doing dangerous things or something, and then it's like yeah, but and we just we just then it just got kind of hard to make a comedy, and then you have people like Todd Phillips who start to make movies like Joker because he can't he, because there's you can't get a comedy made in the studio system, yeah. Um, I don't know where it goes. Um, that's kind of, that's part of what's quaint about looking back like this. It's just like, wow, remember when they made comedies? Yeah. Even if they don't want to age well, it's still, it's like, it's like being, it's like walking through a museum. Like, oh, they're yeah, saving yeah, yeah. Silverman. Right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I lumped that together with like all those movies like accepted and yeah. like, yeah. you know, it's just, all, it's just all of these movies that don't really like have any reason to exist other than to be like, to be funny. Yeah, just to be like dodgeball. a court jester, you know. Do- yeah, dodgeball. Dodgeball is a comedy. It's another comedy I look back on with fondness. Like, sure. you're loving dodgeball. Yeah, but that movie's not trying to say anything. It's a right. comedy. Anchorman, Correct. not trying to say anything, just a yeah. comedy. It's great. Yeah, you have the Will Ferrell string, right? Yeah. You have Anchorman and Step Brothers and Blades of Glory. Will Ferrell is like the bridge between Talladega Nights, between yeah. like kind of stupider comedies and the Apatow. Will yeah. Ferrell kind of just carried the mid two thousands for everyone. Sure, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and then and then you're right. Then Apatow took over, and then after after Funny People, I guess there was just nothing left. Yeah, I, I, you could almost say like, did Todd Phillips ruin it with the Hangover movies? They got so <laughs> successful, they they were so big at the yeah. time that it was like, you know, and it it was just kind of like. I don't know. Did Todd did, Phillips ruin it? <laughs> I'm not going to say Todd Phillips. Did, yeah. did the hangover movies ruin comedy? Yeah. Like, was that a, was that just like the death nail of, of, of comedy movies? Because it was so vulgar. You can't take your parents and grandparents to it. Yeah. It, you can't take a kid to it. it, it it's so like man childy and 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 man centric that your girlfriend's not going to get anything out of it yeah my, so, my wife won't watch 99% of those kinds of movies because right. they're just dumb so what so so who is it for it was like, yeah. for what, what 20 in, year old dudes dudes yeah like what incentive is there for anyone other than other than like yeah early 20s guys to watch these movies right so so then I'm thinking, OK, well, then maybe maybe it just like a lot of things, maybe it just shifted to television. And that's why everybody's just watching The Office for the 5000th time right. and Community for the 3000th time and Parks and Rec. Yeah, I've seen it a million times. And because you have time to make those comedic characters more fleshed out and you can give lots more context to their actions and also have, give them dramatic stories that have consequences. So you're not yeah. just getting two hours where someone does something and it's either pass fail co- comedy wise. Yeah. You know them more. And so you forgive more from them because you, yeah. you have a history with them. And maybe that's yeah, why it's just sure. much more on television than it does in the, in the movies today. Yeah, maybe. All right then. Well, that's saving Silverman for, uh, and so I've got a lot more 2001 movies I'll be talking about here and there. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll have a list at some point. <laughs>